0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, excited to be here because this has just been a fun week. We're all filled with Zion fever, basking in the glow of a great NBA draft for the New Orleans Pelicans, but things are just getting underway. Today, we are going to be talking about Summer League and the Pelicans' use of the G League. We've got a little bit more insight to that and what's going to be going on this season. Also, Summer League's just fun is about two weeks away. You need a primer on that because the schedule has been released. Then we're going to look forward towards free agency about the type of uh, players the Pelicans are going to be looking to add. We gave you a bit of a primer in yesterday's episode. Give that a listen if you haven't. Talking about using the cap space to take on assets and future assets and bad contracts. But the Pelicans aren't going to sit free agency out, so who might they be targeting? Why might they be targeting that player or that type of player? I'm going to break it all down for you in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So while free agency technically starts July 6th, the moratorium period starting on July 1 for teams to negotiate deals, or I guess, what, the 30th this year. It's changed a little bit. Summer League is starting just a minute or two before that on July 5th, and the Pelicans have their Summer League schedule. Starting on July 5th, they are taking on the Knicks in Game 1. So you're seeing Zion Williamson versus R.J. Barrett, two former teammates and also the 1-3 and pick in the draft going head-to-head in their first taste of NBA action, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN, that's Central Time, over at the Thomas and Mack Center. This is the prime time game. They're not playing at 11-something in the morning, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. This is the slot you want, you know, it's big, not big time, but you know you've got something special if they're throwing you in that. Game 2 is on Saturday, July 6, against the Wizards, 7 p.m. on ESPN, another prime time game. The Pelicans taking on the Wizards with Rui Hakamura, the what ninth overall pick in the draft, I think it was. Then on Monday, July eighth, taking on the Chicago Bulls at six thirty PM on NBA TV. And then wrapping up the group play, or whatever you call it, on Wednesday, July 10th against the Cleveland Cavaliers, four PM. They've got basically good slots in all of these. They used to be playing at like eleven in the morning. Nice to see. Every team is at least playing five games in NBA Summer League. All thirty NBA teams are there. Also, you've got the China, Chinese and Croatian national teams there as well. So it's going to be 32 total teams. Pretty cool to see overall. You play four games in kind of group play, I guess they're calling it, preliminary games. Then the top eight teams are seeded into a tournament, which culminates on a championship Uh, game on July 15th if the Pelicans don't go get into the tournament you play one consolation game so every team's guaranteed five games with a max of seven we know Zion Williamson's at least going to be in Vegas particularly working out with Team USA trying to make their roster if he doesn't he'll be playing in Summer League I think we're kind of expecting him to be on the Summer League team too so you'll get to see him getting some NBA action now who's going to be joining him Great question. We don't have everything announced just yet. And usually the team sends out a summer league roster before this. They haven't done that yet. That'll come later. But here's the thing. At Zion's introductory press conference, it was just him. There was no mention of Jackson Hayes or Nikhail Alexander Walker because those guys aren't on the team yet. Technically, you know, Jackson Hayes is drafted by the Lakers. Uh, um, nikhail Alexander Walker is drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, or I don't even know if the trade with that brought them that 17th overall pick is still with the Nets, so maybe it was the Nets pick. I can't remember. That trade will get done on July 6th, we're assuming, unless it somehow gets pushed back, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. So, these guys are going to miss the first game. They won't even be practicing with the team. They can then sign their contracts and get over with the NBA team and start practicing. So, you could see them on the 6th, if that deal is done early in the morning, it's much more likely you're going to see them on July 8th and July 10th. We'll have a better idea if Cech Diallo is going to be on the team next year, too. He's a restricted free agent. He would probably be thrown into Summer League maybe a little bit, I think. Um, And we'll see if they're bringing him back. That might get done before that period, and we should know. I think you're going to see Frank Jackson with the Summer League team, maybe not playing the entirety of the time, but getting some action out there. And so this is just a good time. Gentry will be out there. You'll be willing to bet you'll see a lot of other members of the team out there as well, just working with the coach coaches practicing, doing different things. A couple of years ago, they had uh, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins out there working in the offseason, trying to implement some of what Chris Finch was looking to put between those two guys. So overall, it's a very useful time. It's a good time to really kind of get integrated with the team, learn what they're expecting of you, what they want to see and hear from you, and just developmental period of time, which is going to be a big part of what the Pelicans are looking to do next season. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a minute when we start looking at the G League team, but still sticking with Summer League. Also expect an appearance from Anthony Davis and LeBron James together at Summer League, probably both wearing Lakers gear. Last year, LeBron showed up to Summer League with those Lakers shorts on um, that had just the word Lakers in kind of an obnoxious position on it. Um, and I expect you'll see a similar thing with anthony davis and lebron together doing this showing off that they are now bffs um, luckily the pelicans aren't playing the lakers lakers fans travel really really well to Summerlee given how close it is to los angeles just about a four-hour drive maybe a little bit less than that if you're speeding And so they kind of take over. But Summer League has grown. It is a lot of fun. I'm excited to watch it. I won't be out there, but I know some people are. Um, So enjoy it if you are. It's going to be a lot, like I said, a lot of fun, really good time to kind of get access to some of these guys. And it's probably really going to be the next time you're going to hear a lot from the Pelicans and people talking because right now they are going through renovations at their practice facility and it's going to be closed for a while. They're not going to be doing any media availability. I don't even know if they're really in there working out or doing anything like that or if they're elsewhere or just kind of in limited capacity to do so. So Summer League coming up is really going to be one of the first times we're able to hear from anyone associated with the Pelicans. So it's going to be an important time for this team. So before we get to the G League and how the Pelicans plan to use that and the importance of it, particularly in a season like this, for the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on just one Twitter feed. And that's at Net at Locked On NBA Net. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts, our hosts of all of the podcasts here that we have on the Locked On Podcast Network during NBA free agency. Deals are going to be flying. You're going to want to know what's going on and if it's good or bad for those teams and maybe how it could influence the Pelicans or impact the Pelicans. And our hosts are going to have that it basically will retweet the hosts in a curated manner with the most important things that you need to see from. So if you need one account to just keep up with everything. I highly recommend at Locked On NBA Net. So the Pelicans G League affiliate, something we haven't heard a ton about, but we know it's going to be coming soon. And now thanks to David Griffin and his media availability after the NBA draft, I think we've got a pretty good idea on what to expect and maybe what we're going to be seeing from the G League franchise. It's going to be in Erie, Pennsylvania this year. They're basically taking over that, kind of starting it like it's a new affiliate and keeping a lot of the same organizational pieces there, but it's going to be used. And eventually the plan is to move it to Birmingham, maybe after this season, when it'll be kind of their own thing. We'll see. I'm not entirely sure, and sometimes the timing of these things is going to be kind of interesting. So, what David Griffin said about the G League is, quote, what the G League situation gives us is incredible bandwidth, he loves that word bandwidth, to develop players there in the same manner culturally that they that we will here. All of the coaching staff there will be us throughout all of the preseason leading up to every uh, le- leading up and everything. They'll be part of our coaching staff. We'll be sending workout coaches and skills development coaches that we're going to call two-way coaches. Anytime we send the uh, send a player, the two-way coach will go down with the player, and when the player comes back, the two-way coach will come back. So again, Mrs. Benson investing. Mrs. Benson's investing this in every way. We don't need to have a G League team to want to do what we did tonight, talking about some of the players they drafted. The G League team makes us feel more confident that we'll be successful raising however many young players we bring through the system, end quote. I kind of botched a little bit of that there. It gives you some insight into this, and maybe it's one of the reasons why the Pelicans felt comfortable taking Jackson Hayes at eight, and maybe a guy like Didi Silva in the Second round, who's likely not coming over to the NBA this year, but also some of those undrafted guys and signing two of them, as I talked about yesterday, to exhibit 10 deals that basically ties them or hopefully ties them to the G League affiliate is a really good way to kind of develop a pipeline of talent. Something that, frankly, all teams should have, but likely, especially small market teams who. Aren't kind of going through uh, gonna be big name free agent destinations. So this makes you feel good, and this should make you think that a guy like Nikhil Alexander Walker and Jackson Hayes are probably gonna be sent down for a little bit of time if they're not contributing in the at the NBA level right away, and that it's going to be okay if they do. And this is just a way they're going to develop it. It's also another way to show that they are really investing in this team, in this organization, by spending the money on hiring two-way coaches that are going to go down with these guys. So, very cool to see developing young prospects and young players, very clearly a core part of what New Orleans wants to do. Again, you think Jackson Hayes is probably going to get some time in the G League this year um, and time with the parent club too. I don't think you sent him down the whole time or that he's going to really spend that much time down there. But if you have a chance to get him some minutes in, in action there, it's a good thing. The fact that they're going to send a coach to work with these guys one-on-one, which they did with Check Diallo um, this past, uh, past year, years in the past, is also an important thing. So it's not like they haven't done this before too. But developing Guys and bringing them along makes them feel that they can have three first-round picks. When we all know they didn't really want all of those young guys on the team. But now there's a plan in place and it gives them just a better ability to develop them and make them become NBA players um, in the future and have a big impact on the roster. So this is only a good thing for the team. Really nice to hear how they're planning on using this and has to make you feel pretty good about the success this franchise should have in the future. So before we get to free agency and the type of player the Pelicans are going to be looking for when you're driving to work or from work or all around town and then you want the latest edition of Locked on Pelicans, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans and I'll be right there with you, giving you the latest updates and news and analysis that you're not getting anywhere else Monday through Friday. It's awesome right now to be a Pelicans fan. Stay up to date with everything and please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review that helps keep this free and daily for you guys Monday through Friday no one else coming to you like this so again when you get in your car tell your uh, smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans and subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review free agency is going to be upon us before we know it and the pelicans have some money to play with now that solomon hill is out of there they've got anywhere between 29 and 34 million dollars let's call the number 32 and split the difference how are they going to spend this they're going to spend some of it as I talked about in yesterday's podcast, not all of it, or you wouldn't assume they're going to spend all of it. Maybe keeping a ton of room to make trades where you bring back a bad contract, absorb that into the cap space, and then get future assets with it. But you don't need to have $32 million open to do that. And by the way, the Pelicans, I think, have the fifth most cap space in the league almost overnight. So are the Pelicans going to be in the running for guys like Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell, Clay Thompson, Chris Middleton, Tobias Harris, to just name a few of the big names out there on the market? Probably not. And again, making a big money signing that's kind of more of win now – particularly when David Griffin has been preaching patience and saying this is going to take a little bit to build a full-on winner, I don't think that that's a realistic option. But who are some people they could go after, or what are the mold of players they want? I think first and foremost, particularly with Zion Williamson coming in, you do need to space the court for him. I think it's a little bit overrated that you need a ton of shooting around him. But overall, you got to put some floor spacers out there even though he does really well in transition when you don't necessarily need three-point shooters, and he does pretty well in the half-court particularly at Duke when there weren't three-point shooters around him then. But you still want some, right? Absolutely. So another big who can shoot the three is going to be very important. The immediate name that's going to jump to mind is going to be Brook Lopez from the Milwaukee Bucks last season. He shot 36.5% from three, rebounds well, plays enough defense that he would fit well alongside uh, Zion Williamson made just three point three million dollars last year. That number's certainly going to go up. Is he going to command though? Ten to twelve, you know, given how well his game has aged. Absolutely. I don't know if the Pelicans would feel comfortable with that. And I think they're looking to give guys two year deals, maybe three at the most. But these are the type of players in the mold that they're going to look at, and. Brooke fits that. Maybe he wants a little bit more money or more long-term security, however. A guy that could fit well, too, would be... Another guy from Milwaukee, and someone we're all familiar with, and that's Nikola Miritich. 36.5% from three last year. The Pelicans traded him for four uh, second round picks. He made $12.5 million last year. That's probably about right for him. He gives you pretty good scoring 15.2, 7.4 rebounds, and the three point shooting. um, And he's going to space the court. So he gives you scoring, defense, rebounding, and just enough of everything. And he really did like his time here in New Orleans, and maybe he wants to come back that's something I have heard you know he's likely looking for a 4 year deal i don't know if new orleans wants to give him that but maybe if you overpay him on a 2 or 3 year deal and that's going to be a theme with all of these guys who want 4 year deals it could make a lot of sense his 3 point shooting though is streak Key. there are games when he doesn't hit them for you, but he does have the court gravity to kind of help with things. So that's a guy to kind of keep an eye on too. Kind of similar to Marcus Morris out of Boston, who they're certainly going to try and bring back. He made just $5.3 million last year, has not kind of hit that big payday in the NBA. 37.5% three-point shooter though. So you know what? You never know. It's a guy to kind of keep an eye on if the Pelicans really maybe want to get Aggressive. Another big that can space the court and gives you passing and defense too, Mark Gasol. He's got a uh, player option to maybe pick up with Toronto. We don't know if he'll be a guy out there, but he gives you rebounding, gives you passing 4.4 assists per game last year, has enough of an outside shot to keep defenses honest, the type of big you would also like to see around Zion Williamson. So that stretch big, given that they've got Jackson Hayes on the roster, And uh, Jaleel Okafor is kind of your big men make a lot of sense. With Zion, you need to have at least a shooter in that mix. And so that's the type of big they're going to go for. Everyone's been talking about Al Horford. I just don't see it realistic. If he's going to get $30 million per season, it uses the Pelicans cap space. If you give them three or four years of that, you're just basically taking all flexibility away in the future. And I just don't know if that's the pel- the direction the Pelicans want to go in or if they even should go in. Another position they're looking to do is probably add someone on to the wing. They didn't draft one d- with any of their three first-round picks. Well, two other than Zion. We're not going to count that. So two first-round picks outside of Zion. When you had guys on the board that play the three, that would have made a lot of sense. This probably speaks to the fact that they really do trust Brandon Ingram to make a big leap and get a lot of value out of him and just get good basketball play for him. You know, he doesn't shoot three-ball well, but he's got a lot of natural scoring talent. But they probably want to add at least a shooter at that position so it's not just Kenrich Williams there. Name that jumps to mind is Bojan, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic from the Indiana Pacers. They just traded for TJ Warren. Does that mean this dude is out? 42.5% 42.5% from three last year, 18 points per game along with four-point run rebounds, made $10.5 million. He could be in line for a big payday, so that's going to kind of be a problem here. Is he going to be outpriced? But if the Pelicans maybe want to get throw big money at him for a year or two, or not uh, one year, two or three, I think you could get a deal done. That's kind of the name to keep an eye on there couple others, though. Rudy Gay, you want a cheap veteran that brings a lot to your team, 40.2% from three last year, a little over 13.5 points per game, along with almost seven rebounds. It's not too bad, frankly, and he's going to come pretty cheap, I think, and that's a guy that makes a lot of sense, $10 million a little bit over that last year. He's not going to earn that much, I think, uh, next on his NBA contract, so I think that's pretty good value to be had there. Jared Dudley's also a guy to keep an eye on. This is a guy who didn't do a ton with Brooklyn last year. He kind of plays the three, the four out there on the court. He's um, going to earn far less than the $9.5 million he made last season. He can hit threes, and he's a pretty good defender. He can definitely teach some guys how to play in the NBA. That's kind of that veteran culture bear that I think adds a lot to the team that they could be looking for. Uh, Thabo sepp is another guy who could do that with the Utah Jazz last last year 43.6% he's going to come pretty cheap as well so keep an eye on those guys on the wing one name I do want to mention that I forgot earlier um, for the front court guys is Dwayne Dedman uh, who shot pretty well and he can protect the the rim he can lock down the paint and knock down threes not at a tremendous rate uh, but at a good enough rate he's going to come cheap you could get him for one or two years I think And really, he's just kind of a guy that makes a lot of sense. So that front court position is really a big one. More depth on the wing is going to be a big one. And it depends on how you feel about the guards. Maybe you want another true point guard in the mix, too. You've got Holiday that's kind of a combo, one-two guard-just type of guy. Same thing with Nikhil, Alexander Walker. Same thing with Frank Jackson. Your true point right now is Alonzo Ball on the team. Maybe you want to add another one back into the mix. And there's a couple of guys that the Pelicans could really, really look at during this to try and bring someone in. The first one probably being Ricky Rubio, who it sounds like is not going to be back with the Utah Jazz. Made just under $15 million last year. You've kind of seen his star fall a little bit. But he's a guy who's a very good passer, who's good enough maybe three-point shooter um, and could be had if the price is right, 12.7 points per game, 6.1 assists and kind of just gives you a lot if you need to have that guy either in the starting lineup if you don't want Lonzo or maybe come in and being a super sub off the bench. That's going to be an option. I don't know if he's going to come here to be that guy off the bench, so we will see. Um, a guy that they liked under the old regime was Terry Rozier, um, who's a restricted free agent. We'll talk about restricted free agents On another day in the podcast, because there's some names out there that I think you could really throw in there that maybe New Orleans wants to make a run at, I think it kind of limits him a little bit. Of course, you could bring back Alfred Payton, who ended up having a pretty good year here in the NBA with New Orleans and looks like one of the better passers almost in the league, at least from that point guard spot, would likely be cheap too, given all the injuries that he's had. And don't forget about... Patrick Beverly. Oh my God, you never want to play against this guy and you love having him on your team. It's a pretty good option too. Again, culture-bearing veterans, He certainly won. Darren Collison makes a lot of sense too. He can run your offense, play that pure point guard role, pass it out. He hits enough open shots to kind of keep defenses a little bit honest. He makes a lot of sense too. These are guys that are kind of mid to lower tier in free agency that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg that you can get for one or two years. So these are just some of the names out there that we'll continue to look at going forward so also let me know who you want to see the pelicans go after in free agency so i think the way you kind of structure down is the way we did it here it goes big who can space the court some small forward depth and then you worry more about a guard but that's only if someone just makes a lot of sense and the price is right i don't think that's a huge need for new orleans right away so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. It's been a lot of fun covering this team. If you're a new listener, thanks for tuning in. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you are been with me since the beginning, also tell your friends about the co- podcast. Spread the word. There's going to be a lot more Pelicans news coming. You want to be up to date with it all. We've got you covered right here. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.